Our opportunity this week of characters is Thomas. And Thomas, of course, uh, a lot of us have immediate uh, pictures in our own mind of Thomas. And for most people, maybe not people in church, people outside of church primarily, they don't refer to Thomas immediately as the Apostle Thomas. They refer to him as what? Doubting Thomas. Doubting Thomas. Well, I want, to, I want to take a little tour. There's three passages in Scripture, in John, all in John, that give us a little bit of insight into Thomas beyond just what happened when he saw the risen Lord. When he saw the risen Lord, before he saw him, he said, I'm not going to believe unless I'm able to put my, I see the scars and put my hand where the scars were. I, I won't be able to, I, I, my faith is not complete. I don't believe it. So that's where doubting Thomas comes from. Right? But I think there's a lot more then to Thomas than that one scene that we may have put in our, our own mind. When you, when you read about Thomas, he's in, he's in Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. But in Matthew, Mark, and Luke, he's only described in the list of apostles. He's just, you know, it's uh, all the names and Thomas is in there. But John gives us a snapshot of him that I think is, is very important for us today. So we're going to... We're going to take a walk in his shoes today, and I'm going to do some things that I think may help you visualize what that may have been like. I think we associate, we like the name Doubting Thomas because we, we like to associate with an apostle who may have had some of the battles and faced some of the things that we face, right? I mean, we face doubts and fears. And many times our picture of Thomas is Eeyore. <laughs> everything is gloomy, everything is bad, and it's a pessimistic outlook. For those of you that don't know Eeyore, he's not a happy guy, all right? If you don't have kids or grandkids, maybe you don't know and you had a terrible childhood, you may not know who Eeyore is. <laughs> Trust me, he's not a happy guy, okay? So go back and read Winnie the Pooh and you'll figure all of that out. Now, this is not the scriptural view of Thomas. Okay, let's find out what the scriptural view is. I hope you have a Bible. If you don't, we'll have some of these verses up on the scripture for up on the screen for you that give you these scriptures. Story number one is in John chapter 11. Now we're not going to read the whole story. We're just going to pull out one verse, and I'll come back to this later. So just hang with me for a second. Let me uh, talk. Let me give you some background on this story. In John chapter 11, Jesus and his disciples are outside in the wilderness, away from Jerusalem, out of Judea. And they've left there. You know why they left? Why did they leave Jerusalem in the area around Jerusalem? Anybody know? At this point, John chapter 11, Lazarus is about to be healed. Jesus and the disciples leave. Why did they leave? Anybody have any idea? He's about to get killed. They were trying to kill him. They were trying to attack him. If you look at uh, chapter 10, verse 39, it says, Again, they tried to seize him, but he escaped their grasp. And so now that takes, he, he leaves, he goes outside in the wilderness, and he's, and he's there, he's hanging with the disciples, and he's still doing some teaching and training of the disciples. A lot of that happens in the book of John. A story comes to Jesus that, from a messenger that's, your friend Lazarus is very sick, back near Jerusalem in Bethany. So he's very sick, he's, he's the brother of Martha and Mary, and he needs some help. And we want you to come. So Jesus heard about all of that. 
And then the interesting thing, it says, and then Jesus waited two days. And then he said to his disciples, let's go help Lazarus. And they didn't react too well to that. They said, wait a second. They were threatening to kill you. Back in September, at the Feast of Tabernacles, which is in chapter 8, he said, at the Feast of the Tabernacles, they tried to kill you. Right? Right. And then at the Feast of Dedication in uh, December, in chapter 10, they tried to kill you again. And now here it's February, and we're just a couple of months away from that, and, and you want to go back? I don't think so. Not a good idea. And beside, and Jesus said, well, you know, he's, we, we need to help Lazarus. He's, he's fallen asleep. And they go, oh, good. If he's asleep, he'll get better. And Jesus said, no, you missed the point. Lazarus is dead. And they go, okay. He said, so let's, let's go to Judea. And they're still not real happy with that. And what does Thomas say? In verse 16, then Thomas, called Didymus, Didymus means the twin, so he either had a twin brother or twin sister. So Tom, Thomas said to the rest of the disciples, let us also go that we may die with him. Now, the NLT says it, uh, it, says it better. I like the way the NLT says it. It says, let us go to and die with Jesus. Now, the people who think he was like Eeyore, they would have had a little bit different inflection in the way I would read it. The people who believe that Thomas was really the doubting Thomas and had no faith and never believed anything would have said, okay, let's also go. We'll just die with him. You know, Mr. Faith, right? <laughs> but I don't think, from what I read, I don't think that was the case. I think Thomas actually said, let's go and we'll die with him. That's what it takes. Why? Because the theme that runs through all three of these stories is that Thomas wanted to be with Jesus. Whatever the cost. He wanted to be with Jesus. Now, we're going to see something happen in the last story that's going to make us wonder a little bit about that. But I, as I read this, I'm thinking, what loyalty? What courage? Why? I don't think he's just going, oh, you know, I just think you know, he's going to die. We might as well go with him. And die too, not believing that that could really happen. Well, the disciples believed it really could happen because it had just, they had been, he had been threatened twice before already and they had to get out of Jerusalem or they would have been taken. Now, Jesus escaped out of there and left there for a very particular reason. The time for his atonement had not come. He had other things to do in the plan of God before the cross. So he was not ready to be taken yet. There was more training to be done. There were more lives that needed to be changed. There was more things that needed to happen. So he said, wait. Thomas said, we'll go with you, Lord. The rest of the disciples, you know, sort of, I think I would have sort of stepped back and said, okay, Thomas, you go. I think, he was in, I think there was true loyalty. There was true courage. There was true love. Because... He wanted to be with Jesus. Now, that's my opinion. I, and the, I think the reason is, I think that way, is because of what we see in the other opportunities for Thomas, and also because of what it teaches us. I think you're going to learn today that, that our faith is not perfect, 
As Christians, we doubt, we fear, we worry. That's why, you know, uh, we, we're concerned about what's going to happen in, in situations of life because we forget sometimes that Jesus is with us. And so I think it's a real encouragement to read that someone that much doubt has been cast about uh, his, his own desire to serve Jesus I think it's the same reason we have the story written so clearly about Peter. It's so much easier to associate with Peter when he denies the Lord, and then the Lord brings him back after he repents and he he weeps bitterly over his denial, and the Lord takes him back, and the next big thing we see happen, he's preaching to thousands at Pentecost. So the encouragement for us is to say, look, you doubt, you fear, you may even deny. You may even deny the Lord as your, as your Lord, but look what can happen. And notice that Jesus doesn't dismiss Thomas. If Thomas would have said, okay, let's just go, he's going to die, we're going to die too, let's all go and die. If he had said it that way, I think the Lord may have rebuked him. You notice there's no rebuke there. And Jesus just allows this to be written in Scripture lovingly so that we can understand where Thomas was at and what his courage and his love and his devotion. He just wanted to be with Jesus. Second story, John chapter 14. Now we've got to read this one together. So I think probably a good number of you in here today could quote this passage of scripture. I remember learning as a little boy. Didn't mean much to me as a little boy. It means a lot more to me today. It means a lot to me as I've stood at many, many, many funerals and gravesides and read these words of scripture. I don't think they meant as much to me at all of those times as it did last night late when I read this. Jesus said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. In my father's house are many, what did we read as a kid? Many what? Mansions. Is that what it means? No. <laughs> He's in my father's house are many rooms. If it were not so, I would have told you. I go to prepare a place for you. And if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself that where I am, there you may be also. Thomas, of course, in verse 5 says, Lord, we don't know where you're going, so how can we know the way? Jesus said, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. What was happening? This is the night of the Last Supper. We just had the Lord's Supper this morning and always a special service. The disciples are there on the night of the Last Supper. If you read chapter 13, you see, you see in verse 21 that, that Jesus is troubled in spirit, it says. It says that there's, Jesus says there's a turncoat here. There's a, there's a traitor here. Then he goes a little further, and then he says, disciples, I won't be with you much longer. So this is not a happy occasion, right? Those men had followed him now for three years, and this is coming to an end. He said, I'm not going to be with you much longer. 
And then to top it off, what he does, he says, Peter, Peter says, Lord, where are you going? We'll go anywhere with you. I'll die for you. What did, what did Jesus say to him? No, he won't. What's going to happen, Peter? What did Jesus say? You're going to deny me. How many times? Three times. You're going to deny me. And then the disciples had to be thinking, what is going on? He's leaving us. Peter is going, Peter's our, he's our leader. And he's going to deny Jesus. Jesus is going to be, he's going to die. What's going on? And what does Jesus say? Let not your heart be troubled. You believe in God. Believe in me. Then he said, in my Father's house are many rooms. If it weren't so, I would have told you, but I, I'm going to prepare a place for you, and if I go to prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you unto myself, that where I am... Remember, Thomas wanted to be with Jesus. Jesus says that where I am, there you will be also. So, here's what I started thinking about last night. What is Jesus talking about here? So, well, he's talking about heaven. What you just read it, he's talking about heaven. That's right, he is. I think he's talking a little bit more about what we see immediately. And I'm going to say he's talking about, he's going to tell us about two things. He's going to talk to us about destination and preparation. Okay? And this is not in any of your notes because I didn't even start thinking about this till last night. As a matter of fact, my whole page of notes is not going to work here because this is, I think this is much more important for us to talk about. You see, Jesus is saying, because of all these bad things that are happening, Jesus is saying that the here and now, disciples, is not your destination. The here and now is your preparation. And if we're living, and if you're living for your destination here, yeah, you're going to be, you're, you're in trouble. He's saying, I go to prepare a place for you. That's our destination. You just have a tent right now. And he said, if you're, th this life is all about preparation. He's saying, you're not home yet. You're getting there, but you're not home yet. You're preparing to get there. And I would submit to all of us, this is what we learn in this passage of Scripture, is that we're not there yet. If you're living as though this earth is your destination, you're, 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 you're in sad shape. And every time we, you know, we look for things to be our eternity and our paradise, it doesn't happen here. And Jesus said, you're not going to have that here. You're going to have that with me in eternity. So what this life is all about is preparation. I read the story about a guy who was a great theologian and philosopher whose name was Dallas Willard. And as he was dying, he was talking to a guy that was chronicling his last few days. And he said to him, don't cry for me. Don't weep for me. Because this is just the end of my beginning. Because I'm just preparing for my destination. He's trying to change the disciples' focus 
from here to forever. And once that happens in our life, it changes everything about how we live. Jesus is saying, if, you, if your focus is on being with me forever, then I will prepare you for that. The disappointments, I read this from a guy named Paul David Tripp. He said, the disappointments of this present world are intended to make me long for the next. Isn't that good? That's what Jesus is saying. The disappointment you face in life as a Christian just make you desire to be with him. But then he talks, the second thing he talks about, I won't write it up there, I'll just mention it. The preparation and path for eternity comes through me alone, he said. Now thank goodness that Thomas had the good sense to ask this question. Nobody else asked it. Did you notice that? Look what he said. Thomas said, Lord, uh, we don't know where you're going. All the other disciples are saying, I'm afraid to ask that. I don't think I'll ask that question. You go ahead, Thomas, you ask that question. Uh, he, he said, you said you're the way? I mean, you, you told us that you're going to prepare. We, we don't know where you're going. How do we know the way? Oh, we don't know where that is. And boy, did he ask the right question. He asked the question that's asked throughout eternity, that's asked throughout everything that happens around us, this question of how do I get there? What is the path? What is the process? I know I'm ultimately just preparing for eternity. I know that when I die, this is the end of my beginning. So how do I get there? And Jesus makes clear forever, I am the way. I am the truth and I am the life. So he makes it clear. This is, to get to this destination, this is the preparation you need to make. You need to make sure you're going that way and that way alone. I am the way, the truth, and the life. So great question by Thomas. He just was asking again, where are you going, Lord? I want to be with you. I have found that people who love Jesus Christ, like people that fill this room today, really what you want to know is where is he and how can I be with him? Amen? Amen. <laughs> That's all I care about. Ultimately, when we see the Lord in eternity, all we want to know is where is he? How do I get there? Jesus made it clear. I am the way, the truth, and the life. Last story, and i got to hurry. I say this every Sunday for those of you that are wondering if I'm just going along. <laughs> No comment from the group that know me. In John chapter 20, rather than reading just the passage, I think it'd be good if we try to get in Thomas's shoes for a moment and see what it could have looked like. Okay? Is attached. There we go. One of the twelve disciples. Thomas, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. Unless I see the scars of the nails in his hands and put my finger on those scars and my hand in his side, I will not believe. 
A week later, the disciples were together again indoors, and Thomas was with them. The doors were locked, but Jesus came and stood among them. Peace be with you. Put your finger here and look at my hands. Then reach out your hand and put it in my side. Stop your doubting and believe. My Lord and my God. Do you believe? Because you see me. How happy are those who believe without seeing me? Can you imagine being Thomas at that moment? Just think about it. I wonder why Thomas wasn't there. Have you ever thought about why he wasn't there? When I was a little kid, we went to church like 90 times a week, I think. <laughs> and one of our big services was Sunday night. You had to go to church Sunday night. How many of you used to go to church on Sunday night? Every, okay, a lot of you did. You know, you know the, I almost said the pain, but you know the, of a child, it is painful as a child. It's painful to go eight times a week and six times a week. But anyway, I heard, I never forget when the preacher got up and said, the re, he said, if Thomas would have been a good Christian, he would have been in church on Sunday night where he should have been, and he would have seen Jesus the first time. Now, the only thing that's, that's, that's not funny about that is the guy was serious, you know. And, but why wasn't Thomas there the first time? Have you ever thought about that? Why wasn't he there with the disciples? What do you think? Why wasn't he there? So Jesus could teach us. Sorry? So Jesus could have this story. Okay. <laughs> In the plan of God, there's no doubt why he wasn't there, right? Why do you think Thomas in his own heart was saying, I don't think... I'm not going to be there. Why do you think, Sue? Because before he was willing to die for him. Yeah. And to see him on the cross so disappointing to Yeah. Yeah. That he did die on the cross. Yeah. I think he was devastated. Yeah. I think he was absolutely devastated that Jesus was gone. I think he was, he loved Christ so much. And I think there's another thing there, too, besides the fact that he loved him. And that he had been willing to go and die for him. When they took Jesus away, of course, you know, Peter hung around and then denied the Lord. What happened to the rest of the disciples, including Thomas? What does it say they did? Remember? They forsook him and fled. I think Thomas is sitting there saying, man, I, at one point I was willing to die for him. And in the moment of need, I left him. So why am I saying all of that? It's because Doubting Thomas, which I don't like the name Doubting Thomas other than makes me feel better when I doubt. <laughs> doubting Thomas, Thomas the Apostle comes into the room He's meeting with the disciples. They said, you should have been there. Jesus came in and it, he, he said, I'm not going to believe it. So he comes into the, he, he's in the room with the disciples and they're meeting together and Jesus appears. And he comes in and he says, 
Shalom, the Hebrew word for peace. Shalom. The greeting still today when you go to Israel. Shalom. Peace. He doesn't come in and say, where were you? Does he? He doesn't come in and say, Doubting Thomas, you didn't make it. If you'd have been here Sunday night, if you'd been church Sunday night like you were supposed to be, you wouldn't be doubting right now. He didn't say that. What did he do? What an act of condescension. He said, Thomas. No, Thomas didn't have to come tell him any of this. Jesus knew it. He just comes up to Thomas and said, look. And it doesn't say that Thomas went ahead and put his hands where the scars were or were in his feet or where the spear went. Didn't say that. It just said that he says, my Lord, my kurios, my master, my theos, my God, my supreme being, complete devotion, complete trust, complete faith. And I would ask you today, as we leave, as we encounter our risen Lord today, as we, many of you encountered him this morning when you got up and you got on your knees and you, you met with him this morning, When you encounter your Lord, do you get down and do you say, my Lord, my Master, and my God? That's the way to meet Jesus. Did it work in Thomas's life? Do you know what tradition tells us about Thomas, what happened to him? It said that he took the gospel all the way to India. We find the church Bartoma Church, which traced their ancestry to Thomas. Tradition says that because he would not deny the faith, it would not stop preaching that a spear was run through his side and he was executed for the cause of Christ. So when, when confronted with Jesus and who he is and what he's done and what he has in store ahead for us, when he comes looking for you today, how do you respond? It's one of two ways, my Lord and my God or not my Lord and my God. Amen? Let's pray. Father, thank you for this passage of Scripture, for these times that uh, you taught us so much through the life of what was seemingly a disciple that there, there wasn't anything special about, and yet today we found so much about his courage, his love, his desire to be with you, and then his ultimate decision to make the bread of life his bread of life, to make the light of the world his light, to make the good shepherd his shepherd when he said, my Lord and my God. I pray that as we encounter you today in our hearts, that we say, my Lord and my God. In Christ's name, amen.